Hello and welcome to episode 76 of the Going Upstairs podcast from Opening Up Cricket. The theme today is dealing with injuries. And I know from the perspective of someone who plays the game for fun, for recreation at a weekend, an injury can be something which is very frustrating because you'd have spent your week at work and wanted to have the release at the weekend playing the sport, but that's taken away from you. That said, I can't get my head round how frustrating and deflating it would be for someone who does it for a living when there's contracts at stake, there's your identity as a player being thrown into that and lots of other considerations. So my guest today is Derbyshire bowler Dustin Malton. Dustin has spoken before about the impact of injuries on him. So we wanted to explore this a little bit more by thinking about how that's affected him, not only when the injury's taken place and during the rehab, but also in periods of fitness. I think he's been brilliant here in being so honest about it, giving us a real path into how he thinks. I hope you enjoy it. Dustin, thanks for your time and good to see you again. Yeah, good to see you. Um, it's, it's nice and refreshing seeing you. Uh, I've been following everything you've done, obviously, and it's nice to know that you've had my backing uh, throughout everything that I've been doing. Um, and I just want to say, yeah, I'm excited to, uh, to see how things are going forward and I look forward to, you know, getting involved and helping out wherever I can. Brilliant, yeah. And, and I think... What's kind of prompted this particular conversation is the topic of injuries, because I'm imagining that people who are listening now have probably seen the video which we which we shared, where you you share you were sharing uh, an insight to what that's like. So that's the main kind of topic that we look at. But just to kick us off, give me a little bit of a, a background to how you've got to where you are uh, today? Because it's not the straightest of paths that you've followed. No, no, not at all. Um, I don't know. It's, it's kind of a, a grew up kind of going through a general, just a normal system, really. So, like, you play as a kid and then um, I remember primary school, we, it was a case of just... You, your coach puts you forward to a national or provincial trial. Um, you go to the nets uh, at, at the trial and then selectors have a look at you. If they like you, they select you for the team. If not, then you obviously don't get selected. You try again next year or the year after that and so on. And that kind of proceeded towards when I was 18, so my last year of school in South Africa. Um I remember never really getting into any provincial sides, uh, even though I felt I was capable. I felt I was more than um, deserving of the of the spot. Um, there were a couple of things that that got in the way of it. I just uh, I saw it more of a I don't know as a crutch instead of it actually motivating me a little bit more to be the best I can be. Um, and ultimately, through injury, I managed to get into. <clears throat> sorry, I managed to get into a provincial side. Um, went and 
play, represented my, my province, uh, which was Northerns at the point in South Africa. Uh, I remember doing really well during that, that tour or that, um, that initial festival is what we used to call them. Uh, and then ended up getting selected for an SA school side. And then from the SA school side, uh, went on to play um, another week called Colts Week, which was basically a representative of all the franchises in South Africa. Um, so you talk your Titans, your, your, your Knights, your Cape Cobras and so on. So it's just basically an under-19 representative side. And I remember doing all right then. Um, and it kind of just, it's everything started falling into place for me. Um, I got a scholarship to a very good high performance academy uh, that I attended. And then from there, my cricket kind of just took off, really. Uh, I worked hard. Um, and then towards, I think, I think it's towards my second, second year or third year, I just, no, yeah, second year out of school. Went to like a Red Bull Campus Cricket World Cup. Um, I remember playing against a couple of a couple of you know first class cricketers now um, back then. And oh, my, my coach at the point, Peter Brain, kind of said to me, "How quickly can you get a, a visa to go to England? Because uh, he's going to go coach at Leicestershire, um, and he wants me to go along with him." Because uh, obviously he was quite impressed with what, how I performed during that tournament, um, and uh, he just he just kind of thought like, yeah, yeah, you got what it takes, so come over to England with me. So I kind of did that. So I kind of almost followed him. Uh, I was based further down south in Suffolk. He was based obviously in Leicestershire. Uh, so I went on a couple of trials. So I basically just packed up and left South Africa really uh, to follow this dream of obviously playing. Uh, first class cricket and inevitably international cricket because um, I had I had an ultimate goal and fantasy of playing around the world and traveling and taking my family with me uh, wherever I go and that, that was kind of the outlook I had um, as a 19 or 20 21 year old coming over to England I thought I was going to breeze it I thought it was going to be easy um, I thought they were going to be lucky to have me and I was suffering with a chronic ankle injury at that point. Um, I had had an extra bone in, in my ankle, which was starting to cause a lot of issues, especially on my landing foot. Um, and I kind of blew my shot, really. It kind of was the reason why it blew my shot uh, for me to inevitably potentially give myself the best chance to sign for Leicestershire. Um, so I kind of... I had, to, I had to reassess everything, really. Um, I knew what I needed to do. I needed to sign for a county and I needed a county to see what I had, um, see my talent, see my potential, and invest in, in getting the operation done to get the bone removed. And so that's that's kind of what I needed to do. And I knew that's what I had to do, but I knew it wasn't going to be an easy road in. I knew it was going to take a lot more hard work, a lot more perse perseverance and... Um, I don't know, just uh, I don't know, just just willingness to actually inevitably make everything that I sacrificed worth it, if that makes any sense. So uh, I set myself a three-year plan. Um, no real ideal goals in between that. I've just kind of said to myself, three years. You, I'm giving you three years. Yeah, you're going to push for it. You're going to work as hard as you possibly can. Um, 
and you're gonna you're gonna give yourself a best shot to or whenever an opportunity comes you're gonna give yourself a best shot and you're gonna take that opportunity um and I kind of struggled, trialed around uh, with different counties through that through that period, uh, playing some club cricket, obviously during the summer, um, as an overseas playing playing some good cricket. To be honest, uh, was doing really well for my club side, uh, we were winning league after league. Um, yeah, doing okay during my trials, but not necessarily performing up to what I knew I could. Um, I knew. I, I couldn't run in and bowl as quickly as I normally would, which is that X factor that a lot of counties necessarily look for, um, especially when you you claim to be a big fast bowler um, and they're expecting you to run in and bowl fast. And I, I couldn't necessarily do that because I didn't have any confidence or I was in absolute agony on the verge of screaming almost every ball whenever I slammed my foot down. Um, so it would be a case for me popping painkiller after painkiller just to try and get through the pain. Uh, you know, just willing myself on to, you know, just put some form of performance in so that someone finds an interest in me. Um, and I got to a point where it was just a connection of a family family friend who, who knew David Hartson really well. And David Hartson was obviously the head coach for Derbyshire at that point. I think it was in 2019. And he kind of uh, kind of sent some video footage of myself through to him, and and he liked what he saw. So he said to me, "Come up, uh, have a two day trial with us uh, during the winter season, uh, during the winter nets." And I think one of the sessions was at Loughborough, and another session was outdoors. One of the first outdoor sessions of that pre season for the boys. Um, and I bowled, and I managed to run in and bowl quite quickly. They clocked me on the speed gun, bowling 90 miles an hour, and I was shaping it left, right, centre. But I was in agony. I was in absolute agony. Uh, but fortunately, after that, my um, heart had told me, "Just come down. Uh, we'll come up. We'll look after you for the season. You'll have all the facilities at your disposal. You'll have our medical staff at your disposal. Just can't sign you." Um, we're going to need to see a little bit more from you. Obviously, throughout the season, you see how you pull up, um, how you manage your workload, like what just basically we need to just see a little bit more of you. Um, so I kind of did that. Uh, trialed for the whole season. Uh, suffered two side strains during that season. After the first one, I thought, no, it's fine. Still got quite a bit of the season left. It's just six weeks out, and that's okay. Um, so I worked hard at trying to get myself fit and ready for when I returned. Returned, put in a couple of good performances. And I remember the one particular performance uh, led me to a game at Worcestershire. Um, and I remember rolling through the top order um, on a hot day. Um, and it was just a dull game. It was going to inevitably lead to a draw. We were batting out for the draw. Um, we were in a good position and Hearts called up Steve Kirby, who was overseeing the second team at that point, and said, right, I want us to declare and I want Worcestershire to go into bat and I want to see our boys and see how our bowlers respond in the second innings. I want to see how they do. I want to see if they get up for it. And Kirby was very honest. He says, this is what the boss wants to see. Um, right, so now it's time for, for you bowlers to to show him what he, what you've got. So you can obviously inevitably put yourself um, in the mix to play some first-class cricket. 
So I took it as a nice challenge and I ran and I remember taking four wickets and five overs for about eight runs. So like, like a hell of a spell, lovely spell, bowled really well, bowled with a lot of control. And on the last ball of that spell, I tore my side again. And that was the second time I tore the side. And I kind of just thought, this is the end of it. Why are they ever going to sign someone who's as injury-ridden as I am? I've got a, I've got a stuffed left front, front ankle. I've had two side strains in the season. I'm not running and I'm not bowling anywhere as quick as what they first saw of me. Why, why, why would they invest anything in me? So I kind of just thought that was the end for me. Um, and I think it was, I kind of just got some reassurance from the coaches at that point it's, it's saying it's okay, get yourself back fit and ready. And I think one of the first games back was the game against Australia um, on the touring Ashes side. And I remember Steve Smith, he, uh, he'd just gone through that concussion period um, and he was trying to come back and prove that he was fit to play for the next test. Uh, so I know there were a lot of eyes on it. Um, and I got thrown into my first first-class game, my debut, in the middle of an Asher series with some pretty formidable opponents uh, on a very flat wicket in Derbyshire. Um, and, yeah, it was, it, was like, uh, it was like stepping into a cauldron, really. Uh, I got found out very quickly. So I thought I was... That blew my shot. Like, that was my time to take Pfeiffer and put my name, put my name in headlights. And I didn't, it went the opposite really. I didn't really bowl too well, um, had a tough time. And, well, by my standards at least. And uh, on the second day, I remember Hout's calling me into his office, me thinking I'm going to get a little talking down. Well, he's going to talk me down. And he ended up sliding a contract across my desk and said, we've seen enough. Um, we think there's enough to work with. And here we go. And that's basically the route in, really. Okay, yeah. So it's interesting to like plot that path as you as I was listening to it, that there's a there's a long period where it seems like, yeah, actually things are moving along in the right direction as you sort of in your under nineteens and there's some of the challenges, but injuries pop up at vital points. And mm-hmm. from your explanation it certainly sounds like even when the injuries aren't affecting you uh, directly, they're in they're in the, your mind as well. How yeah. much is it that, that an, an injury or a past of having injuries can impact your presence? And when you are feeling in pretty good shape, how much do you get distracted by where you have been and where you could be? Um, it is. It's a, it's a constant worry. Uh, I think it's it's something that has always been in the back of my mind. So like you go, no, I go into a season now, and my mindset is like I feel good. I feel fittest I've ever been. I feel healthiest I've ever been. I'm lighter. I'm this. I'm that. And I feel confident about myself. And I remember this morning just speaking to Mickey and he's, he was complimenting me on my physique and, and, and how hard I worked. And the first thing I could think about is let's hope it can hold up. You know what I mean? Let's, let's hope I don't get another injury. And like that was the first thing that popped into my mind. And the, the first thing that should be popping into my mind in, in, in 
from our, from our perspective is thank you like thank you for for complimenting me i have worked really hard um and i am working really hard and i don't want to have another injury riddled season but the first thing i thought was let's let's hope it holds up you know what i mean so there's there's already that i don't know that perspective of of i don't know of doubt that um you know of of lack of trust you know it would be massive for me to play a full season without an injury but i know from past experiences i i need to just you know reel back my expectations a little bit with your time when you have been on the sidelines because we'll we'll move towards mm. the positives as much as we can yeah yeah with your time that you have had out of cricket but still around the the, the group so say at, at derbyshire everyone mm. else is getting on with things but you're restricted to very light work if any at all mm. what's the kind of feelings that you're going through as that plays out uh missing out really um frustration as well uh and just what if just what if you live you live you live in a lot of what ifs or um like you I remember it was a point it was a point where I remember we were playing against not we were playing against not at derby um and we had prepared like a lovely hard green seamer and it was just beautiful bowling conditions and i remember watching our boys struggling a little bit on with with regards to it like i remember feeling very frustrated um and thinking to myself like if i was there i'd just be able to change that you know if i was there my mentality like i'd just be able to get through it and i know the boys are working really hard and i know they're doing whatever they can but initially i look at myself and i'd be like well, i know i can do something better there i know i can be better than that or and then in respect like you go you go and you actually do it and you remember why it's actually as challenging and why it looks as challenging as it is because it's a difficult sport but you sit on the side and you get frustrated um you get angry you get anxious and especially with the the looming prospects of Potentially signing another contract as well, uh, and you know you can't you can't fight your cause if you're sitting on the sidelines. Um, so it's uh, I don't know. It's obviously a very uh, result based game, and stats stats has a big part to play in it. And being worthy enough of signing another contract is just a case of well, what what are what are our results? And I think I spent a total of. 65 to 70% of the season on the sidelines last year and I played 25% of it and like looking back at it I just think to myself like how 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 am I in the position that I'm in and I, and I suppose it's just an element of faith from their side and and that's nice to have uh, because I know I will repay it one day and I hope I will do this season for starters um but sitting on the sideline going through your day-to-day routine of doing the same rehab doing the same the same exercises once twice a day five to six times a week is just a continual uh, monotonous tiring and draining aspect of being injured um 
And that that's what my mentality was towards being injured. I just found it as a chore. I found it as just, it's the most negative thing that could happen to me. I feel like I felt like it was the most limiting factor. And I just, uh, I struggled a lot with it. And it puts me in a very bad place, um, especially, especially when I'm in and around the team because I'd always try and be in and around the team, try and help wherever I can. You know, if I want to throw some balls, then I get told, no, you're not allowed to do nothing. Sit down. Stop trying to help. You're supposed to rest. Do nothing. And I just almost feel like a caged animal. And I just want to, you know, I just want to be released. And I know I'm, I'm listening to the science and medicine team because they know what they're talking about. They've got stats and they've got data to prove it as well, let alone a doctor in, 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 in the field that they've studied in. You know what I mean? And I'm just here yeah, as an athlete with with my ego bruised and uh, <clears throat> I don't know, a point to prove and uh, it's, it's, it becomes quite difficult. Mm. Now, the description of a rehab there, it, it, it doesn't sound particularly inspiring because of that monotony that you, mm. you has there ever been anything in you as someone who, who is used to planning and setting goals that can help you through that? No, definitely. Just drive you. Definitely. I mean, it's 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 a it's a process, isn't it? So you you work to starting dates. We you sit down with your physio, you sit down with your strength and conditioning coach, and you sit down and you look at dates basically, um, especially in season, for example. You look at dates, then you start eyeing up. Okay, right. This is how long this injury generally takes um, to recover from. Some do recover quicker than others. Uh, so what we'll do is we'll see how you get on during these phases. Um, so it's a case of like, okay, we'll wait for the tissue. Like say, for example, it's a muscle issue. If it's we'll wait for the tissue to heal, once the tissue is healed, we start working on strength work. Once we get the strength work done and we feel you're confident enough to go through the next workload, that's when we'll start eyeing up, okay, workload, okay, get back to bowling. Right now we need to work on building up your overs. So you four overs this week, eight overs next week, you know, 12 the next. And until we're confident enough, you'll be able to play a full first-class game and be able to bowl 30-plus overs in, in the game. So it is something you're supposed to do, and you do do it. You do set your goals and you do set your, you know, your targets, but you, you kind of do it and then you forget about it. And it's difficult to stay on track towards that goal especially when you're sitting at home and you're watching the screen and you're watching the stream and you're watching the boys having a tough time and you just can't help but feel you need to be there. You know what I mean? And you kind of just forget it. It flies out of your mind and you just, um, you get lost in that, in that dark space again. And it just comes around and around and around. And the, and the challenge is getting yourself out of that and your challenge is applying your mind to those targets and those goals in order to get yourself back. We've spoken before when we, when we last met and had a, had a cup of coffee about how those their dark times can, can kind of creep up on you and, and make you, I say you, you or I or anyone mm. feel like there's no, there's no route out of it. And that can be so so challenging what is it that you would say you you've learned the most about things that help you to be able to just recover that little bit of light 
to see the end of it and, and see the positives? Um, it's, it's a tough question because there's a few different things that I went through in different times. Um, there's times where I would exercise I'd exercise my mentality. So I'd exercise my self-awareness, where I'm at, and I'll just work on my mindfulness in, in, in a sense to be like, okay, this is where I am. This is my present. Like, can't change the past. I can change how the outcome of the future become. Like, I can change what my outcome will be in the future, but right now this is where I'm at. And, like, learning to accept that that is where I'm at and and coming to terms with it and then moving on from that acceptance um, was was a, was something that I did, especially with the, the stress fracture in my heel. Uh, you know, I, I, it was it was kind of a case of like, I don't feel like I could have done anything to control that that had happened. It was just a case of the amount of force going through my foot and my body just obviously wasn't used to it. I finally had the confidence of running in and bowling quickly and now, and my joints weren't used to it, so I've kind of come to terms with that. So I exercised my mindfulness in my in where I was at, and just kind of went. I couldn't really do anything about that. Um, and I look back on it now, and I feel like okay, maybe I could have been a little bit lighter at that point. You know, I was weighing hundred kgs, running in and steaming in and smashing my foot down, and it was inevitably going to cause some form of disruption. The more I think about it, then. Uh, but I remember at that point I was just kind of I accepted it, and then there were other times where I just lost, got lost in in hobbies. You know, what I mean, and I mean, computer gaming or video gaming was something that I became obsessed with to a point where it was almost unhealthy. Uh, where the lifestyle with that comes, you wake up and the first thing you think about is getting online and running around and, and sitting on a game for five to six to seven to eight hours and you forget to eat, you forget to drink, you don't go outside, you don't smell the fresh air. <sighs> it's like, especially with some of the games you play, you, you're surrounded by toxic masculinity and it's just it's horrible behaviour and, and you hear people say horrible things and then I realised that Yes, I, I've become lost in it because it stops me thinking about where I'm at and what I'm going through in the now, in, in my situation. So I realise that, that I'm drawn to that because it helps me forget and it helps take me away from the dark thoughts or the bad thoughts and it, and it's a competitive edge. So I realised that I was doing that quite a lot and I started seeing my health deteriorate quite a lot and I kind of went away from it a little bit just to see what would change and I saw a different change in my mentality so I started using it to a better better extent and getting outside a little bit more and and doing things around the house a little bit more Um, and that made a change not just for me but my relationship as well with my partner because that's also that also becomes quite wearing because I'm in a bad space and it's quite difficult for her to for her to keep me above uh, above water, and you know, it's 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 like trying to trying to keep someone up who's just not bothered about swimming, uh, and all you're trying to do is just try and save them. Um, and it's quite a few times where it was quite wearing on her as well, and and it's not nice to see it because it leads to a blow up, and it's the blow up that inevitably wakes you up and shakes you a little bit and says, okay, well, do something about this now. Um, 
So for starters, mindfulness was one of them. Um, enjoying a hobby, not getting obsessed with a hobby was another one. And I think uh, trying to maintain a positive attitude because there were some injuries I'd be very positive. Um, I'd be very driven. And there were other injuries where I felt like the odds were against me and I needed to do something now. Otherwise, I wasn't going to be able to do the thing that I'd set myself out to do. And I felt out of control and I felt powerless and I felt like a failure. And that's those were the times where I just got horribly depressed and I didn't see the light of day. I didn't come out of the bedroom. People would be worried about me. I'll get phone calls left, right, and center, and just ignoring them. I'd ignore everyone, anyone, wherever I can, I could, um, if I wasn't in the mood to speak to anyone. Um, I'd get, I'd go to the pub and see some friends from time to time, but then I'll get, then I'll drink, and I'll drink a lot. And it was just, it just led me to to bad habits and and unhealthy and a healthy lifestyle. Um, so that 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 was that. Looking back, if I was to get injured now, I would understand all these things that I'd gone through previously, and where I came out better than when I was in a worse place. So what I did when I was in a better place to what I did when I was in a worse place, I'd reflect and compete, compare the two, and then obviously you start finding a way for yourself. Uh, it's unfortunate I have to be 26 years old to try and figure that out, that, that out for myself. And I wish I was 19, 20, 21 years old and I was doing that. Um, but, I mean, yeah, at the end of the day, like I can't really do anything to to change that. And you, you've got now so much knowledge about how to deal with these things and such vital lessons for cricket and beyond this self-awareness that you've you've spoken about that you've you've made such an effort to cultivate of knowing what an event like an injury can do and what that might lead to and knowing what you can do at various stages to prevent those kind of things I suppose it's not as easy to say it's a a bright side of having had the injuries of course you'd rather not have them but having that level of understanding is surely something which like sustains you later on and you'd be able to look look back on and think yeah I do, I do understand this because I've been through hardships and I have come out at uh, the other end of it and mm. as it now February 2022 not long until the season where are you in terms of how you feel and how you anticipate this season because i know you mentioned there with the conversation with mickey that you mm. said something nice he's got something in the back of your mind about the injuries still where are you at in terms of 2022 uh, well i'm um, i don't know i'm just i'm in a i'm in a state where i feel the most confident i've ever been um you know we speak about self-awareness and I look at old pictures of myself from last year to where I am now. I look at my stats uh, in terms of my uh, physique. And uh, so we talk about skin folds and I look at my weight and I see myself losing 10 kgs and I see myself dropping nearly 60 skin folds um, or 60 plus skin folds. And, And I mean, 
that in its own is quite a big adjustment and it shows in lifestyle and and I've had a big adjustment in lifestyle and it's all it's all because I want to you know give myself the best chance I could possibly I could possibly get and I know it's a cliche that's thrown around so often you know senior players tell you coaches tell you but you never take it on board until you actually experience it yourself and I mean, you you will get your few people who take it on board and who who are old, ultimate professionals, people who who've been in the system for a longer time or know what the system's like, um, who've been exposed to it a lot more. Um, I wasn't necessarily exposed to it very much, so I'm learning. I'm quite early in my development in my career, but I'm quite an older. I'm an older guy. Um, I'm an older person who who's learning those things from you know. And I don't know. I feel I I I don't I, <laughs> I don't want to I don't want to stand here and, and say something and then potentially jinx it because I'm not superstitious at all. But I'm apprehensive of saying that. I feel confident and I feel and I feel ready and I feel excited and I can't wait to see what the season's got. And like even that, I feel like I'm a little bit reluctant to say it because I just don't want to build up my own hopes just to crush them as soon as an injury comes along. And I knew, and I do know injuries are are constant in the sport, especially with bowlers. And I do know that they do come. I know that now more than ever, um, and I've come to terms with that. Uh, but it's just how how serious it is, and 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 how managers my is my ultimate goal really is just to come on the better side of it and and do it well. So I don't know. First, the first thing that comes to mind is avoiding injury straight away. And you asked me about how I'm feeling about my season. The first, and like it's just something that's there. And I think the only thing that will get me that'll get me thinking differently is if I have a good season um, with limited injuries. And I think uh, that's what I'm really working hard towards. So I really want that, and I've and I've done a hell of a job to get myself in the best physical shape to in order to get myself there, yeah. get that goal that I've set for myself. If that makes any sense, you know, it makes makes perfect sense. Yeah, and I think that's a really great place to to finish this. Thank you, you know, so much for for sharing so openly. You get a, such a good insight as someone looking in from the outside about how injuries genuinely can affect people. It's easy as a fan or as an amateur player just to think, oh, well, you know, so-and-so is not playing and you don't give it a second thought. You look for who else is in the team. But that, that human element of it is really important to understand. And one of the more common queries or suggestions that, that we receive regarding topics for podcasts or articles is around injuries and, and dealing with it whether those people are professionals or or do it for for just just fun of a weekend so I think what you've said there will strike a chord with a lot of people about how they approach it and the goals they set themselves and how aware they are of, of what's going on so Dustin that was fantastic thanks very much mate no worries thank you very much Mark appreciate it